the Lord. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Thank you. I must have been listening to Trump too much. I said, thank you. Amen. We'd like to introduce a new member to the family this morning. Was it Miss Eleanor? Maggie, you want to come? Matthew? Let's welcome this new member to the family, would you? Let's make them welcome. Got the whole family. Who's going to take the pictures? Okay, all right. Well, Mama seems to be doing fairly well. Let me meet this. Well, I will be. You're not proud of that, are you? Okay. Life is a miracle. Wonder. One, two, three. Well, that's a good number. Five is a good number. You're going to have five? I think it's... Yeah, yeah. Not right now. You're not going to... Uh, Five is a quiver full. Amen. All right. I'll just let you go ahead and hold her. Amen. Moses spoke to Aaron according to the word of God. And it says, On this wise you shall bless the children of Israel, saying unto them, The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. And they shall put my name upon the children of Israel, and I will bless them. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this family, and we pray for the dedication of their soul to you. And we ask you to anoint them for service in raising these children of whom you have given them this gift of life. So we pray that you give them wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of the ways that they should teach their children to walk in. May the blessings of God and may your presence ever be with them. And we ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Amen. You got any pictures now? Okay. All right. Thank you. Life has a way of changing year by year. Sometimes you just wonder how many more that you've got. I'm talking about me. I said 35 years ago, I only had a few years left, and I'm still saying we only have a few years left. Every Sunday morning, I wake up and I say, Lord, am I going to make it through this one more? Just one more sermon, just one more. Amen. So we'll pray that God will give us this one more. How many has made a New Year's resolution so far that you know that you're going to break? How many is you want to make a New Year's resolution? How many knows that you need to make one and not break it? Okay. We'd like to, uh, what's that song? This is a new day, a new dawn, and I'm feeling good. Amen. <laughs> but we're beginning a new year. 2020 was quite a year, wasn't it? I got to looking up, uh, actually last night, of how many preachers prophesied that Trump would win the election. 
And it's amazing how many done that. Pat Robinson, Texas pastor, wannabes, has-beens, charismatic, trying to get in the picture. And some of them has even prophesied even to January the 19th, Trump will come out victorious. Well, I had enough wisdom by the grace of God. I said, I don't know whether he'll win or lose. If he loses, God's this way. If he wins, then so and so. Biden will be the next president, it looks like. The shock is going to be of who is going to be in control of the state of Georgia by Tuesday. The way that it looks, the Democrats is going to sweep it. Because we're heading in one direction, and that is the fulfillment of Scripture. That we have reached the pinnacle of total darkness. Gross darkness. You saw Brother Branham preached that 40 years ago. Brother Branham was a present tense ministry of the Holy Ghost himself. Telling us what is set before us that we can be prepared for it. As it comes. We're in the greatest hour of darkness. And we're also in the greatest hour of light. Because in this great darkness. And all the trouble. If you'll notice this year. Basically the understanding and clarity of the message. Somehow in our inner being. Gets clearer and clearer. I don't know whether it's that we're just fixated on certain little scriptures. And go over the same picture over and over. But the message of the hour is only a fulfilling of certain scriptures. And the faith of this hour that would make the word work is basically understanding that revelation and basically bringing it forth into manifestation. I first title this message, Speak or Think, Speak and Manifest. But I changed it later because all week I've been on this subject, God answers prayer. And last week we looked at Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17. Where Paul prays for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to come. And bring us a knowledge of God himself. In this hour that basically of gross darkness we find that Satan according to Paul in 2 Corinthians 4, 4. It says, in whom the God of this world, Satan is in charge of the politics. And every leader, governor, senate, no matter what position in politics they are, is basically a demon in different position. They're controlled by a spirit. God is not in politics. God is in his word, and his word is not in them. So it's not the good guy, the indifferent guy, the bad guy, the mean guy. Every one of them is used by the same spirit. And politically speaking, religiously speaking, God actually uh, is letting Satan bring to pass what God has already said. Because Satan has no power within himself. He can only act out this drama and be a character in it. Paul told us almost 2,000 years ago that the God of this world will blind the mind's of them which believe not. Now what we're looking at is basically there's an alpha and omega gospel. Paul is speaking about in his day they will not believe his gospel. But the prophet said that the gospel was written for this day. 
all four Gospels and every letter of the New Testament was written pertaining to this end time group of people. The Bible was written for this Alpha Omega group of people. So now then over 2,000 years we see we come back to the Bible that is now telling us the condition that we're living in and identifying us who we are. So the God which is Satan now and the seals is only the trail of the serpent revealed to us. We talk about the seals being open. And ministers in this message say, well, the seals are not open, so on, so on, so on. The seals open and reveal to us the trail of the serpent. And the trail of the serpent was basically what the Paul called another gospel and another Jesus. Another gospel and another Jesus. The religious world, according to the Judaizers in the book of Galatians, if you read it, are now multiplied in what we call organized religion. Because the seed of Judaism, which is grace plus works, has permeated the church system, and Christianity now is preaching another gospel and another Jesus. They're not preaching about the Jesus that come and satisfy the gospel and justice of God, and faith in Him basically makes you perfect before God. They preach a gospel of three gods and a process to bring you into religion to make you feel good and go to church. So we're not preaching another gospel, another Jesus. God has promised that he would come in his end time and restore and bring us back to the true Jesus and the true gospel. So he said the minds of this age are blinded. God of this evil age, Brother Brown, brings this picture out for us. The minds of them that believe not. If this scripture is speaking to us today, and it is because the world is in gross darkness. Because the minds have been shut off because they did not believe the fulfilling of Paul's prayer in Ephesians 1.17 of the spirit of wisdom coming to give us a knowledge of God himself. They did not believe the appearing. They did not believe the end time Omega gospel. Lest the revelation of God's perusia or presence. Which is the glorious gospel of Christ. Who is the image of God. Should shine unto them. So this being the mind age. The prophet said now we're in the mind age. We're in the intelligent age. The Bible tells us that Satan affects the mind. So if Satan can get you to think wrong your understanding and actions will be wrong only thing he has to do is get you to think off of the word and you will speak and act off of the word the process and the rhythm of God is think speak and manifestation I could start out and go all the way back to God first you were thoughts in the mind of God right go back to Melchizedek now, these things that we're speaking to you, these secrets about where you come from, is only being made known after the fulfillment of Ephesians 1.17, where the Holy Spirit comes as a pillar for our Logos to give you a knowledge of Himself. How can a man say this morning, as Brother Ram spoke, this morning we're going to go back into the back parts of God's mind and bring this great mystery down to us? And we understand the mystery was we were thoughts in the mind of God before there was ever a stardust when there was nothing but the eternal 
spirit, you and I were there. We were there as thoughts. We were called attributes. We're called seed. We're called sons. We're called many things in titles, but you were there. Then we find God beginning to unfold or unveil himself, beginning to come down. And the first thing out of this eternal spirit, he said he birthed forth from himself a son that we call the Logos or a pillar of fire, a light. That light is the same light that come in this hour and had his picture taken to prove and vindicate that he was here now finishing up the Gentile church, bringing them a security where they would not fail and reveal to them that they were in his mind and now being declared as the very righteousness of God in human flesh. So we see these things was only made known to us by the spirit of wisdom and revelation. This is the product. This is the knowledge of him. These are the things that he brought out. Even the power is resurrection. Bringing out that you were an attribute and a thought. If we can appropriate that revelation by the word of God. It will bring you into a position to where you can become the manifested word. Or absolutely go to your theophany. Amen. Welcome. So Paul says here in 2 Corinthians that God or Satan would affect the mind in this hour. So the battle we find is Brother Brown preached the message, the greatest battle ever fought, that the battle will rage in your mind and will cause you or try to convince you as he deceived Eve, he'll come to deceive the end time group by getting their mind off of the end time promise of the spirit of wisdom and revelation actually being here. Just as the Judaizers in the book of Galatians begin to question, and the main thing of Paul was they questioned his authority and his position as an apostle of Christ. And we read the first eight chapters, if any man preach into the gospel, won't I preach, let him be accursed. He goes on and on. How soon are you removed from the gospel? We read that chapter. But remember the first and the hardest part of Paul's ministry was trying to convince people that he was a true apostle. So if Alpha is Omega in this end time when the Spirit, the Holy Ghost will come as the Holy Ghost himself and sets himself up in the position of headship over the church, what is Satan going to do except question the authority of the word itself that takes preeminence over you through an end time ministry? So you're going to battle in your mind the question that God's actually here and that presence revealed to you. All right? So we are told that our minds are going to be blinded except that our names was written in a section of the book. Now remember that book was written before the foundation of the world. What is hard for us to grasp is this. 
If God would have let us appropriate the faith of our position in God before the foundation of the world, Satan would have nothing today that would move you off of your predestinated salvation. So we've got to come back to the revelation of the book of Ephesians that early church had, which was the good news of their predestinated salvation in Christ, predestinated unto adoption before the... God ever began to unfold himself. It is impossible for God to lie. It is impossible for you to change yourself from being a son and daughter of God. No matter what condition or shape that's in. So Satan is the God of this world. And this scripture of 2 Corinthians 4.4 is now manifested before us. But we note in our minds of something that people do not believe. Now, every age of gospel, seven joints to the body of Christ, every age is presented with the truth. Luther, Wesley, Pentecost, and now even this hour with God fulfilling his word for a resurrection and a rapture. You're going to be confronted with the truth. So, in this hour, what would God, Satan, want to try to move over and veil from our minds? The revelation of the appearing of Christ in the form of a pillar of fire through a little Kentucky hillbilly that we call William Branham. You say, well, we don't believe that. Well, you're with 95 or 98% of the world. They don't believe that either. So if we happen to look at it a little while, we're among the very few or a, a very little small group that is looking for the promised gift that Paul prayed for in Ephesians 1, 17 to 23. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ would send to us the spirit of wisdom and revelation. That we would have a knowledge of him to bring us to the fullness of the spirit. A refilling of the Holy Ghost to its completion. For God to be our head that we could absolutely go to our word body which is the theophany. And then to the glorified for the resurrection and the marriage supper. So last week we spoke of the promised gift that was to come according to Paul's prayer. This week we're looking at God answers prayer. How many believes that? So I, I, I put in your little notes here. If you want to make a New Year's resolution that basically Satan will cause you to forget or to break the first week. And that is... Resolute or declare to yourself that you are going to pray more in 2021 than you prayed in 2020. And let me give you this assurance. You will. Because you're going to pray out of conditions and desperation, confusion, and the powers of darkness will cause the church to pray. And when the bride prays, God is here to hear. Amen. So... We want to look at this spirit of wisdom. What was it promised? If it come in this hour, what would it do for us? What would the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of himself do for us? How would we know that it was here and we are experiencing it? We can say God is here. The church has already declared the Holy Ghost is here for 2,000 years. But are we promised a visitation in a way that God has not appeared to the church for 2,000 years, according to the Apostle Paul, will he appear to the church in the Omega 
age to the Gentile, the Logos manifested through flesh as he did to Israel or the early church 2,000 years ago. And according to the Bible, he said that he would. So in the message, show us the Father. I don't know whether you can put the quote up on board or not. I want to remind you that Brother Bram said this. Watch. What if Jesus was standing here tonight? Now think about this in light of prayer. Does God answer prayer? And if the spirit of wisdom spoke to us about knowing something, what did the spirit of wisdom tell us if he has already come? If we're looking for it, we need to be in a different cycle, a different frame of mind. If he has come and we missed it, we need to be in a cycle of mind to understand what he said that we can get in step with the Holy Ghost. Because remember, as we think, we become the word as we hear, and we have to speak it to bring it into manifestation. So if there has been a shout from the Holy Spirit, there has to be a voice of resurrection, and the voice has to be in a living bride to confirm the word before there's a manifestation. So therefore, the principle of faith is what? Think, speak, and bring forth the manifestation that that's what we are doing. But guess where the thinking and the speaking has to come from? It's got to come from the individual believer. And a, a headship revelation comes of God that brings all of the end time believers into one mind, one confession, and one understanding, and one walk under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. All these different variations of the gospel out here is not the true gospel. There can't be 10,000 different ways and attitudes and different approaches to God. There's only one way, and Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And we understand that he come through the flesh, and he come by the Holy Spirit. And now he comes in a different way in this hour, and that is through the Logos, or the Word manifested in flesh, that we call a vindicated prophet of God. Now remember, a prophet is different than God's prophet. You can have five-fold ministry. I could be a prophet, which is the only means a preacher. But God's prophet is a mouthpiece or a speaker forth of God's voice and will for you in that age. And that's the only way that the end time church will understand what God desires of us is to hear directly from God by the Holy Ghost. All right. He said, now what if Jesus standing here tonight wearing this suit that he gave me through my good friend Carl Williams... What if he was standing here and had this suit on and you'd walk to him and say, Lord Jesus, will you heal me? Now, how many has prayed for God to heal someone in this past week? We always get in our quest, pray for so-and-so that God will heal. Pray for so-and-so that God will heal. Pray for so-and-so that God will heal. Look what the voice of the Spirit told us in this hour. Lord Jesus, will you, will you heal me? He couldn't do it. Oh, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Now that throws our Pentecostal mind into a heebie-jeebie. All of a sudden we get all these prayer requests. Pray for me, pray for me. Pray that God will heal me. Pray that God will do this. Pray that God will save me. Pray that God will deliver me. And he says here, he couldn't do it. Why? He's already done it. then I think our prayer, praying needs to take a little adjustment. God answers prayer, but you've got to pray correctly for God to answer it. 
He couldn't do it. He's already done it. By his stripes, we were healed. Therefore, to appropriate faith is only us establishing God's word and declaring, by his stripes, I am healed. You'd say, Lord, forgive me. He did that at Calvary. Wait a minute. If God healed me at Calvary, if he forgive me for my sins at Calvary, and I was always in the mind of God written down in the Lamb's Book of Life before the foundation of the world, then something has to happen to my attitude and my mind and my thinking so I can speak right. We're not thinking before we speak. We just say, oh, I feel bad. Lord, heal me. Oh, I, I need an extra dollar. Put money in my pocket. Well, what if he said, I've already done that? Then we say, well, uh, my pocket's still empty. You said he put money in my pocket. I'm still sick. Well, then we find ourselves questioning the word. Why don't we just stand up and declare God's word cannot change? I am a seed and attribute of God. Therefore, I'm going to put God's word in an action, a voice, and declare I am what the word says that I am. People say, well, we baptized several people this year. Some of them come back after they get baptized. Some of them don't. That's up to God and the individual. But I heard people say, well, in 2020... I found the Lord. Some people might say, well, I got saved. All right, you already know by what I've said that those two statements are not fitting correctly. Because to start with, the Lord never was lost. So you didn't find Him. But if you think about it a little bit, read the Word a little bit, you'd find out that He found me. Because I was His before the foundation of the world. I thought I was lost, but I never was lost. He was watching me all the time, step by step. And at a given time, according to His plan, He said, Okay, boy, it's time for you to recognize that you're mine. And there's a little magnet in you called a soul. Uh, we may not understand it. I really don't. But there's a part of me in that inside called a soul that is a part of God. And if he loses me, he loses a part of himself. And he can't lose none of himself. So you mean you tell me I've got something in me that's directing me where I really don't want to go? Yet the great magnet has got pull on a little magnet. Now when you run into a rock and bump, you have to be pulled around. That magnet is guaranteed. Amen. Come on, somebody say amen. The magnet is guaranteed to get you to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Amen. You've got a magnet right now that you cannot see. It's called a theophany body. You bypass that and come here by natural birth, but we're on our process of being born again. Now we have the visitation of God himself telling us you are the elected seed of God. And the next step out of this is a word body or a glorified body for the marriage supper of the Lamb. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. That ought to make us pray in the new year. I am what I am. So come on, Theophany. Get with me. Amen. I like that too, brother. Whoever said that, I like <laughs> God knows exactly where you're at. Not only in location. Our visitors this morning, we welcome you. We don't know where you're from, but we know where you're at this morning. Amen. Amen. 
He knows where you're at this morning, not just in location, but in our blinded mind's perception of what we are and who we are. The greatest battle you'll have in your mind as a Christian is basically, am I what I should be? Am I this? Am I walking right? Am I doing pleasing God? Up and down. That battle is there. Let me step back. I've seen preachers tell me that they don't have that battle there. They know where they come from God. They was born from God. They was a special child. They was favorite. I've heard all these things and all of a sudden they went off with another woman. I said, oh, somebody was mistaken. But isn't it amazing how many of those, beyond a shadow of a doubt, praise God, that they know who they are, where they come from, they know they're called, they don't have no question. I'm just, maybe they're the ones that's always stumping their nose somewhere. But we're around here wondering, am I pleasing God? Am I following His will? What, what, oh, that's the very evidence that you're on your way. Because that's not the devil fighting you. That's the Holy Spirit trying to get across to you. I called you. I know you. I will never leave you or I will never lose you. Now, how many of us has been through a lot of things? Uh, yeah, when I come into the message, Pentecostal, the legalism, whatever more. Everybody was so holy, I thought I never would get, get enough to be in the group. So everything become a law. We throw the TV out. We throw the... Uh, muffins out, we throw the little t-shirts out with something on it, I don't know, it was so legal, we went through everything, and uh, I throw the records out, I throw, I throw a set of Elvis Presley records out, it's worth a fortune today, if I just kind of hid them in a box like Aiken did, I'd have made a fortune. <laughs> just kind of hide them in the tent somewhere, you know what? But no matter how good we was or how good we thought was, I was raising church, I never did sin. Not one of us got too much to brag about. Because according to the Bible, our righteousness, the best that we can be, is just like filthy rags, which is not too good. Some of God's children end up in jail. Some of them have been married four or five times. That did not change God's mind about you. God knows your beginning and He knows your ending. This is what we're trying to get across to bring you stable or to peace. The God of peace. The Holy Ghost should bring you a peace that passes understanding. That peace is not this tranquil, no, no, it's a peace and a settlement of soul that no matter what we have to go through, the fiery furnace, the den of lions, or persecution, or 2021, COVID, or whatever plague we're under, we know by living or dying, we, our destination is the word body in the presence of God. Show us the Father. Here's another little quote. Now remember my subject this morning, God answers prayer. And we started last week of Paul's prayer of sending the spirit of wisdom revelation in the knowledge of himself to an end time church to bring us to the fullness and to the headship of Christ. Okay? 
The Bible said that Jesus, he ascended on high, sets at the right hand of God. And Brother Bansquist, do you believe that? He's there to make intercession. He is our high priest that can be touched by the feeling of our infirmities. You believe that? Now, this is a good Pentecostal faith presentation or principle. This is what we preach in Pentecost over and over. Our only intercessor between God and man is Jesus Christ. Now, watch intercessor now. But there's only one that God hears. In other words, there's only one intercessor that God actually hears. And that's Jesus Christ. Notice as he sits there, a high priest watched the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Hebrews 13, 8, yesterday, today, and forever is Revelation 1, 8. I am Alpha and Omega. I am the beginning and the end. What I was and done in the beginning, I am and will do again in the end. So what did this spirit, people call it the Pentecostal revival, the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, which it was in the manifestation of gifts to prove that he was here. But how many knows anytime there was a revival, there has to be a message from God come forward to direct the people, to stabilize them in the Word of God, or the message of what more is just a move of the Spirit that will amount to nothing. Most people see the manifestation, but they miss the message. So what did the Spirit tell us? What did the messenger of this hour, which is the Holy Ghost himself, according to Revelation 10, 1, comes down to the church, Revelation 10, 7, to bring us a revelation of himself, I am here, which according to Matthew 24, 1 to 3, is basically the appearing or the perusia or the literal presence of the Logos himself. What did this gift of revelation tell us about prayer? Now, prayer has always been a mystery. We could preach probably six months on prayer. About prayer, how long you prayed, this prayer. On and on, there's books. I went to the bookstore uh, book the other day, get some receipts or something, and looked on the bookshelf. They had a whole section there, probably a hundred books on prayer. How to pray, what prayer, prayers, pray, prayer, pray, 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 and the world is worse off than ever before. You got written prayers, you got a prayer for the day, you got a prayer for the month, you got a prayer for the sermon, you got a prayer for the morning, you got a prayer for the uh, afternoon, you got a prayer for the, you got a prayer for everything. And nobody's praying. What did the spirit of revelation tell us in this hour? Number one, prayer is the most vital force that God ever put into the hands of mankind. Everybody's praying for ministries. Everybody's praying for deliverance. Everybody's praying for a, a revival. Everybody's wanting this, wanting that. But remember, prayer is the most vital force that God ever put into the hands of mankind. Two, prayer is the most effective force that's known to man is prayer. Now, these are statements that was given to us in this hour. Three, it's prayer that changes things. But remember, it's not every prayer or just praying that changes things. There has to be a revelation of the will of God. What he wants done at a specific time. 
Not me looking back 75 years ago and seeing what God wanted done in the Pentecostal age. We've went through that. It's history. There's books written about it. You can study. You can listen to the, you can listen to the very sermons that they shouted about. You can go back and hear every message of Brownsville Revival, every song and everything else they prayed and everything else. This group would get out and sing every song and do every prayer that Brownsville Revival done and it wouldn't happen again. We could, a hundred of us could get in an upper room and pray for 250 days and the Holy Ghost wouldn't fall again like it did on Pentecost. Why? Because that's not the word that's got to be fulfilled in this hour. Now what do we believe it has to have? As dark as it is, how many believe there's got to be a rapture? Whatever your understanding is, God is going to take a certain group of people out of this dimension into another dimension called the marriage supper of the Lamb, and you've got to have a change of body to get there. Is there a message or a revelation of what He's going to do to change your body to get you there? Because whatever that voice told you to go from mortal to immortality, there has to be a revelation and a confession out of the bride to get absolutely be manifested in there. So praying is speaking. So when we come to the spoken word, people don't think spoken word is praying, but praying is speaking the word. And I believe that the bride will come to a place that we're not gathered around praying and whatever more hour after hour is understanding who we are, what God's will is, and speaking it forth. That's what we're doing this morning. Speaking forth God's will so the people could hear and speak it back to the one that spoke it to them. Watch what he said here. Watch. Prayer is what does the work. Uh, get the people to believe in. Watch, brother. Watch. God listened to a mortal's prayer. Now that is something else right there. That there is eternal God out there, a spirit, a person, that will absolutely listen to a mortal's prayer. And he said, and I say this with true reverence, that there is not another force on earth. There is not nothing on earth, no matter what it is, what kind of gifts it is. I've heard our preaching brothers begin to preach to try to get the gifts moving in the church. Whatever gifts will be moving that, that can always cause to stumble, err, or be impersonated. Right. He said, watch, but there's nothing in the world that will come ahead of prayer. Prayer is what does the work. My understanding is this, if I do not know what to pray, I'm praying amiss. I can go get a whole book of prayers and sit before the Lord and read these beautiful prayers before God. And get up off of my knees and be just as dry and dead as I was before I bowed and read the book. He says prayer is what changes things. Number seven, prayer is a force and a power. Watch, my angel shall go before thee. My angel shall go before thee. You say, well, that's what Brother Branham was and his angel. That angel of the Lord. That angel that we call the angel of the presence. The Logos. That angel that had his picture taken. 
Science proved that it was a supernatural light. That presence is still in the midst of the church now. He has not gone anywhere. Why? Because he promised when he leaves, he will take the Gentile bride with him. Then if that's where we're at in total darkness, and the revelation of light has come to shine into our hearts that he's here to take me with him, my prayer should be somewhere in harmony with that will that I believe that I'm one that he's going to take. Watch what he says now. Watch. Notice along this journey, he promised to supply everything that we have need of. Now, that is a big statement. Whatsoever you will ask in my name, the Father in my name, I will do it. Whatever you ask the Father in my name. How many even knows the Father? You say, well, the Holy Ghost is here. Is the Holy Ghost and the Father the same Spirit? To many people, it's not. According to the Bible, it is. How many fathers did Jesus have? Come on. Well, you say Jesus didn't have a father. He was God himself. Then the Bible tells me a little story then. Because my Bible says the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus prayed to his Father, to his God and my God. Oh, you believe in two gods? No, no. There's only one God. He is spirit. He is called Father. He was called the Son. He's called Alpha. He's called Omega. He's called the Beginning. He's called the End. He's called the Rose of Sharon, the Lily of the Valley. Every title is only one God. Manifest himself all these titles and roles. So whatever you ask the Father in my name, that will I do. How many knows that Jesus said it, I believe in St. John 12, And we understand that Jesus the man, the person of Jesus, the Jesus the man, never done one miracle. And he said the words that he speak wasn't his, but they were God's. So according to Jesus himself, he was only a vessel in which at the river Jordan, the Logos, that light come and took his residence in this body. Now that light began to use this body to reveal himself to the people. Which is promised to repeat in this hour. So they said, well, Jesus walked on water. Well, it wasn't really Jesus walking on water. God in him needed to get to the other side. So he just walked on water in the body of Jesus Christ. I mean, mean, understand, it was God that was in control. Jesus said himself, I did not come to reveal to you another God. I come to reveal to you the Father. Or didn't he declare in Matthew 24, 24 and Luke 17, that in this last hour when the Son of Man will reveal through human flesh, that the Father himself would descend out of heaven and come down here and give us a revelation of Jesus Christ himself? So now the Father's revealing the Son. Why? To show us our position and how God is bringing us to this word body called a theophany. Brother Gregory, are you saying there's 
we're beyond the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Mm, yes, that's what I'm trying to get across. Amen. He said, watch. Now, God gave us the strongest weapon that there is in the world. Now, how many really believes that? Now, we all have struggle with it. We all have problems with that. Because when we get in trouble, we start looking for something. We look for somebody to pray. We look for a book. We run to the Bible. We run to our knees. We run to our closet. We go, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. And he, he give us the strongest weapon in the world. And if it's the strongest weapon in the world, how many knows that our weapon then, which is the word of God in your mouth, can defeat every weapon that Satan has, which is only that which is trying to talk to your mind, to talk you out of who you are, what you are in Christ. Because if you have that one least little doubt that I'm not what I think I am, then you're defeated before you ever get the sword out of the... You can start quoting scriptures and they just won't even hit the ceiling. Strongest weapon in the world is prayer. Prayer is what changes things. The Christian doesn't realize what a force. Now see, we call faith as a force. Faith is only basically verbalizing and establishing the revelation of the faith that's been delivered to you. How can you have faith for the divine healing if it hadn't been preached to you by his stripes you're healed? See? How can you pray forgiveness unless the gospel had been preached that he was a perfect atonement? Not just a partial get you to the altar. But that atonement in blood was sufficient to make you completely perfect before Almighty God. When is the church going to quit speaking about the weakness of the blood and begin to have a confession of sonship to know that we was perfectly redeemed at Calvary by the blood of Jesus Christ, period, once and for all. Amen. They don't realize what force it is. He has when he kneels on his knees before Almighty God in the name of Jesus Christ. He doesn't realize what power that is if the people could only realize that what is given right unto him. Any, watch now. Anything that you ask for, he will be given if you can appropriate the faith to believe it. All right, now there's your stumper. If you can appropriate the faith to believe it. What faith is he talking about? Well, I got faith in the word. Do you have faith in the revelation of the word that's been brought forth today? Have you have a revelation? What well, faith is only an understanding. Faith is a revelation. Do you have a revelation of the very presence of God in a form of a pillar of fire? Have you ever heard the scriptures placed together of the perusia or the appearing of Christ before the literal coming of Jesus now? People say, oh, Brother Greer, you, you preach that Jesus already come. No, no, no. I'm not talking about the, the man Jesus sitting on the throne of God. I'm talking about Revelation 10.1, the angel of his presence come down from heaven 
according to Jesus himself in Matthew 1 to 3, Luke 17, that would he actually be literally present here on earth to reveal himself in the day when the Son of Man is revealed, and that is a word being revealed through human flesh, and that is an appearing of the Logos before the coming of Jesus that we call the rapture. Now that's what people are denying. That's what people rejected. And now they're saying we're waiting on Jesus and they'll be here through the tribulation because that Jesus you're looking at it will not come. Amen. Ephesians 1 chapter 4, the Lord himself, and that's the Father himself. That's the Logos. He shall descend down here to earth. He shall bring you a message. I am here. I am the answer to Paul's prayer. I am the spirit of wisdom and revelation. I come to give you the complete knowledge of myself. Not impartial. Not just in speaking in tongues. Not just in gifts. But of me. I can have five gifts but not have a revelation of God the gift giver. I want a revelation of God. And how many knows that God is the Word? In the beginning was the Logos, the Logos was with God, and the Logos was God. And now in this age, we're confronted with what? The revelation of God Himself. Can we appropriate Paul's prayer that's been answered? I declare to you this morning, according to Ephesians 1, 16 and 19, I'll put that in your scripture. And now we finally got to the text this morning. Where Paul, Paul prays, cease not to give thanks to you, make admit you of my prayers. Paul prayed this prayer 2,000 years ago. Did God answer his prayer then? No. He prayed for the fullness of the Spirit to come to the church in, and the Ephesian church, did he come? No. But does God hear prayer? Yes. Will God answer prayer? Yes. We just happen to be the heirs according to His promise that just happen to be predestinated in a certain section of His book. Just happen to show up in this generation. Just happen to be born again through our parents. Just happen to show up in a certain church. Just happen to hear a certain sermon. Just happen to hear a prophet. Just happen to be able to, oh, I believe I believe that. Just happen to think on it long enough and then say, I believe out of my mouth for God to confirm that you were called, elected, and predestinated before the stars ever begin to shine. Because Paul's prayer was what? That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of himself or him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. What is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the work of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Paul had never yet, I put it in your notes, I won't get to it. Paul never experienced this resurrection power. He knew it was coming, but he hadn't experienced it. And I give you the scriptures in your notes to show you. So we're not looking at the revelation alpha that was given to the Apostle Paul. 
To make a long story short, the alpha gospel of Paul, death, burial, and resurrection, that was his gospel. He said, in the end time, when this comes, to bring you the fullness of it, where he becomes the head of the body. And every seed, if I had a board up here, I showed you. Up here is a circle. Put little dots in there. That's your attributes of thoughts. Bring it down to the Logos, the Son of God born. Bring it down to Melchizedek, God in a theophany form. Showing you the steps that come down. Then we find out Jesus manifested in the flesh. Thought, attribute, Logos, theophany, glorified body. We bypass this part up here, the theophany. Jesus went to the theophany down here. We go to here, down here to a fleshly body, and we got a little baptism of our brain, which kind of kills our memory of everything. And it takes the gospel to enlighten us that we were sons of God. And let me put this in here, whether you understanding and believe it or not, that's up to you. The gospel preaches that this another gospel that you was born Basically, let's say a dog or a sheep or a cat or someone or more wandering around out here all messed up. No good thing in, in you whatsoever. You're a reprobate. And all of a sudden, you got feeling sorry for yourself or somebody. You begin to call on God and beg God to save you. You run to the altar, join church. Now you confess that you're saved. You begin to work the rest of your life trying to get good enough to be baptized with the Holy Ghost and go to heaven. According to the gospel... You never was a dog or a cat. I repeat it over and over. If you was a son of God now, you always was. I don't care what mud hole you went to, what your parents was. I've done some things that I, I don't want to brag about. I don't have a, a testimony of how wicked I was to show you how good I am now. I was pretty bad then and I'm not too good now. But I sure am trying, and I have a desire down in here that I believe come from God. I have a desire to be absolutely one with God, be in line with His Word, and for Him to be pleasing with my life. But I call it the farm all and the John Deere. You can tell I'm getting old. I begin to repeat stories. My dad, when I was a little, little boy, he died when I was 11. When I was a little boy, so I had to be 9 or 10. So he was a farm all guy to the ninth degree. And nothing could pull like a farm all tractor. Actually, I had a painter in Canada painting me a picture of the farm all and John Deere after I preached this sermon up there one time. Or used the illustration. But the neighbor, he got him a John Deere. So my daddy was kind of uh, braggadocious, a little bit like me. I wasn't as, I'm not as bad as he was. But. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit like him. My farm all could out pull that John Deere any day. So guess what? They had this pulling contest. They hooked him, changed up to John Deere to farm all. Mm, that, was, that was a sad day. My daddy he tore up that he tore up that dirt that farm. He had them wheels spinning. He was throwing mud everywhere. He had that farm all wound up, wound up. That John Deere just tut 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 tut. He walked off with that John Deere and it was slinging mud all the same time. He pulled that farm all around him until the dad finally gave up, lest the tires fell off. 
One good thing about him, oh, he never did, he never did admit that that farm all couldn't outpull that John Deere. <laughs> he didn't make it a good Pentecostal. <laughs> I said he didn't make it a good Pentecostal. Because no matter how much you show him, he, couldn't, he wouldn't change his mind. I've got something down here, a John Deere. The farm all out here has been in control all these years. Pulled me around just about anywhere it wanted to go. But all of a sudden I heard something go, uh oh, oh what, what is that? Finally that John Deere started up down here. When the Holy Ghost quickens that little soul down there, something wakes up. Now, this old body will pull you around for a while. The old John Deere hadn't got warmed up yet. But pretty soon you begin to shift in second. I go to the water and I get baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. My conscience is clear. My spirit is clear. And what comes out of my mouth, I can do this. Praise God. I'm more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. I'm a son of God and I know where I'm going. And that John Deere begins to pull this old body around. Glory to God. And makes it do things it never thought it would do in its life. Come on, Karen, let's close. I'm, I'm feeling too good this morning. The Bible said what? Paul said what? He's going to raise him up and set him on his right hand. Above all principality and power and might and dominion. Every name that is named. Every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. All right, we're here. We've come. We're the end time generation of this world. You're the end time light. You're the only vessel of light that can shine in this political madness and darkness. Because Satan has completely minded the blinds of the minds of the people. I'll repeat once again. Another gospel and another Jesus that was brought in by the Judaizers 2,000 years ago is still in full control. There's not a name under heaven whereby you must be saved. Every name that is named. What is every name? Well, we could get political. We could say Baptist, Methodist, and name every religion in the world. That's true. But every name is every name that is named. Every name. Bill, Joe, Sue, Mary, whatever name it is. This name is above every name. And, and every person will bear the name of what? Come on, talk to me. What name are we going to bear? What name that you are called this morning? Jesus. You said, well, I wouldn't got baptized this year. If you wouldn't got baptized by a conviction of the Holy Ghost, God dealing with your soul, you went to the water named Bill, Joe, Sue, Mary, or something. You come out of the water, you had a name change. Now your name is Jesus. Your name is Mrs. Jesus Christ. Come on, talk to me now. 
And do you know that your name is in charge of every power, every principality, every name that ever been named, every sickness, every devil, every disease, every sin that you can think of? My name has power over every name. And I got a revelation of my name that I can go before God. And in the name of Jesus Christ. Because the only name God ever had is Lord Jesus Christ. You say, oh, wait a minute, Brother Gray. What about Jehovah Jireh? What about Jehovah Rapha? What about Jehovah Nisi? What about all the, I'm the Lord of the What about all these Elohim, all these titles? He's called all the titles. Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Alpha, Omega, beginning and end, on and on. We go hundreds of names he's called, title, but he only has one true name. Come on now, talk to me this morning. Let's start this year off right. There's only one true name of one living God. What's his name, church? Lord Jesus Christ. What name are you called by? Mrs. Jesus Christ. What does that put you? That puts you in the body under the headship of your husband called the Word of God. You are the name. You are the Word. Ordained for this hour, manifested in human flesh. You were a thought. God thought about you. If you're a thought, there had to be a thinker. The thinker thought. Thoughts were objects. Thoughts were things. Then he said, let there be. God spoke. And when he spoke, it had to be manifested. And now then we're in that drama, that part. We are the manifestation of this play, this drama so far. If there's another one, will be other man. But we are this end time manifestation. You are the bride of Jesus Christ. You are predestinated. You never sinned in the first place. You're, everything about you negative that Satan knows has been cast into a sea of forgetfulness. God can't even remember. I don't understand that. But he said he don't even remember what it was. Come on, stand with me this morning. So if God is telling us that's where we are to begin this year. Then we are to think about. What all has this spirit of wisdom given us? What all has it told us? Do we believe it? Jesus said in St. John 14, 12, I believe it is. Greater works than this shall he do because I go to my Father. I say, well, now who is that? Someone's going to have to do greater works. That spoke, speaks of an individual. I believe that individual is Revelation 10.1. The Logos. God himself. The Lord Jesus Christ. Shall descend. Come down here. To an individual. The individual just a body. Just like Jesus. To an individual. Don't get caught up on the individual. That's why we don't get caught up on ourselves or preachers or anybody else. It's only one main actor to the play. 
That's God himself. And what did Jesus say? When you see that which is perfect, he'll do greater works. When you see the greater works, and I believe that we've seen them. Even unbelievers will tell you that there's never been a greater miracle ministry and repeat of the ministry of Jesus Christ outside of William Branham that any the world has ever known. And then turn around and say it's false, not negative, 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 negative. You can say all the negative you want, but they'll all admit one thing. His ministry was greater even to the equivalent of Jesus Christ, bar none. Now, whatever you think about it, somebody was doing those works. It wasn't a man. So whoever this light was, I believe is the spirit of wisdom that Paul prayed for to come. He has opened our minds to his presence. Preparing us to become word bodies. In a resurrection. So this coming year or the year to come. We're in this near future. We don't have much time left. When is it going to be brother Greg? It's in process now. The sixth seal has been open for quite some time. We're under one of the plagues now. He told you how many thousands of people they would kill. And this thing is not over yet. The prophet of God said they wouldn't find a cure. Just migrate to something else, something else. Get worse and worse. But he also gave us assurance. He said, now watch. What you've seen in the Pentecostal movement. There'll be a time and a period that God is going to teach you the word revealed to himself. Then he said the Holy Ghost and his power of his resurrection would visit the church. When the world council of churches begins to take over the church systems, that's when he will show up in our midst. And you'll see St. John 14, 13 fulfill whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. To do that, you must recognize that the Father is here. And He's here in a way that He's never been here before for 2,000 years. Talk to the Father. By the revelation of Jesus, the Son of God. Seeing the process that He come through for our redemption. Now revealing to us that we are the seed, the offspring... The sons of God, and now is time for us, our manifestation. Because why? For these few years, you say, well, nothing's going on. We have been thinking. Thinking. Studying. Listening. Repenting. Not, oh God, oh God. Repenting. Changing your mind about the Word. Seeing this end time picture. Repent. Repent. Get our ideas and our mind in line with what God is doing now. Because when it comes forth, it'll be setting just like a meeting this morning. It could be as dry as a two before that's been seasoned for 10 years. And all of a sudden, the power and the anointing will move through a congregation and get a hold of us. And we'll never be the same again. It is the darkest hour. We're in the den of lions. 
We're in the midst of the plague. Gross darkness is in the land. Gross darkness is in the churches. Everybody's praying for a revival. revival. What they're saying is, we don't know what God's doing. Come, come help us. But we have a little insight. He said, just hold still. When this happens, then you'll know God will come on the scene and you'll see a power move through the church that you've never seen before. How many believes that? Now let's believe this morning for your healing, for whatever you have need of. Let's pray. Father, we confess out of our mouth and we establish by the Word of God that by your stripes we were healed 2,000 years ago and we believe it and accept it this morning. I was saved before I was ever born in this world. You knew me and you predestinated me for this revelation and for this life. May my mind get in harmony with your word. And may your great spirit that is here among us get us in harmony in the right footstep with you, Lord. That your thinking becomes my thoughts and your word becomes my confession. Bring forth this great manifestation of your presence that you've promised for we see the fulfillment of Paul's prayer 2,000 years ago for your spirit to come not in the revelation that you give Paul the gospel but in the omega revelation that you're here that the plan is completed the body is complete and every soul has been baptized into the body of Christ and now you're capping it off by bringing us to our theophanies for this great change of our bodies translating us to the marriage supper of the Lamb to meet the Lord Jesus, our beloved, our bridegroom, as you promised. So, Father, take control of every mind. Lead God and direct us. And may this year be a new hope and a new expectation. And may the prayer of our revelation appropriate this word in our flesh and our minds in this hour. May our prayer be according to your word and will as you revealed it to us. And we ask these blessings and thank you for the fulfillment of it. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen and amen. Let's say that.